All right. Hey, good morning. Hey, I've got some seeds to sow here. The seed is a valuable thing. Never underestimate the power of a seed. This small thing, a seed, could even break concrete someday. Pag tumubo yan sa magandang lupa, sa matabang lupa, it will grow and produce 30, 60, or 100 times itself. It's a powerful thing. Now, the seed in the Bible is representative of the Word of God. I'm going to give you the Word of God today. Would you like that? Would you like to, to have a, a, a very fruitful life? Today's topic is called God's Fruit Cocktail. I just happen to have some fruit cocktail here today. In fact, I've got a whole table here full of fruit, various kinds of fruits. You know, if I said I had a fruitful business, is that good or bad? That means it's profitable. That means it's successful. If I said I had a very fruitful marriage, is that good or bad? That would be great, wouldn't it? That would be a, a good relationship, a fulfilling, satisfying relationship. It would be a successful relationship. My parents are about to celebrate their 50th wedding anniversary. That is my definition of a successful marriage. You see, a lot of people have weddings, but not a lot of people have a marriage. You understand? So successfulness is like a synonym to fruitfulness. Wouldn't you say so? Fruitful means successful. And God's desire is that we have a fruitful life. God's desire is that we have a successful life, a prosperous life. And so it, it, it just doesn't come, you know, fruit just doesn't come from a baby tree. Have you ever seen a, a, a seedling bearing big fruits, ripe and mature? Of course not. It cannot be. In God's law and order of things, fruit only comes after maturity. And maturity is the result of growth. Everybody say growth. That's why this series was called It's Time to Grow Up. And not just grow up physically, but grow up spiritually because we are three parts. Of course, I have a physical body, but uh, I've got a counterpart here. Can I bring, uh, bring out my invisible me? The three parts. That there was the physical body, but on another layer underneath the physical that you cannot see is a spirit. And each one of us has a spirit. And in fact, we are that part. That's the, the real part of you is the spirit you. And that part needs to grow up. Not just your body, not just your mind and your emotions. You need to grow up spiritually. And the Bible says crave spiritual milk so that you can grow up. So it's my desire as, as the pastor of this church to see everyone growing and growing spiritually. And I've talked about the um, story of the, the parables that Jesus told of the four soils, different kinds of soils. The seed is the Word of God. The preacher, whoever gives you the Word, that's the sower in your life. You better appreciate the sower because you need the sower to get the seed. Ground does not manufacture its own seed. 
So we should value the sower and uh, value the seed because you need the seed. If you're going to be fruitful, you need seed. And so protect your sower and protect the seed. But the heart is that's the soil. And right now I want to know, do you have a good, ready soil? Is your heart receptive today? Because there's three attacks of the enemy. Oh, the enemy. Yeah, enemy. You have an enemy. Especially when you make a decision and receive Jesus. You suddenly get a newfound enemy. The devil wants to get you back into his kingdom. And God is trying to grow his kingdom in you. So the first attack is that you get, you get a bird. The bird in the story represents the devil who wants to take away your seed before the service, maybe during the service, or maybe after the service. Before, during, or after, you have a chance to hear and receive the Word of God. The devil wants to take that Word away. So you won't remember it. You won't activate it in your life. It won't really penetrate to the deepest part of your heart. It won't come into command central. You know, Maybe it's just something you think about, you acknowledge it, okay, that's good, that's fine, but it doesn't activate in a practical way. That's Satan's attack number one. Attack number two is he cannot, uh, he doesn't allow the seed to get roots because underneath your sincere good heart are rocks. Rocks represents the hurts in our lives, inner hurts, habits, addictions, and things that we don't want to do, but they're there. And also unresolved issues. Issues maybe from our childhood. And these hurts and habits and issues are not obvious. People see you as a, as a receptive, open Christian. You might even say amen and raise your hands in worship. And you might really be interested, but it's only on the surface because underneath, may sagabal, may harang, kaya yung seed cannot grow deep roots. And I tell you, no roots, no fruits. And roots represents commitment. Roots represents you're your standing in a place. You know, if a tree is deeply rooted... It's not going anywhere. It's committed to that ground. It becomes one with that ground. And no matter what storms come, it will not shake. I, what did the song say? I will not be moved. I hope that's your faith today. I hope you have a faith and a standing in your faith and your decision that Jesus is the Lord of your life. No matter what, I hope you will say, I will not be moved. You will get fruit when you get root. And how do you get roots? You get roots when you make and keep commitments. If you make a commitment and you keep that commitment, you just sprouted roots. And if you're a commitmentless person, you are a fruitless person. So I suggest you start somewhere small and begin making some, some, some commitments. 
Make a commitment to church. Make a commitment to your family. Make a commitment to do the right thing. Make a commitment to give up a bad habit. Make commitments and keep those commitments, and you'll see that you're starting to get rooted. You're getting grounded, and you will not be moved. That's the second attack. Okay, so we've got to remove the rocks and establish roots. The third attack is this worldliness. And this is hard because the soil in this case is good soil. This Christian is sincere through and through. Deep, 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 deep commitment and solid faith. He's a good soil. The heart is really receptive. And the only problem is there are other loyalties as well. You say, I, I love Jesus, but I love a good time. I want to serve God, but I want to also get myself financially secure. And that passion and that priority to get money becomes so important to you. Oh, God is still important to you. Serving the Lord is important because you know the truth. But other things are so important to you, the Bible says it will choke, it will crowd and choke the growth of God in your life. It will be a competitive heart where other things are competing for your attention and your priority. And it competes against God. Jesus said, you cannot serve two masters. You'll love, you know, even though you've, had, you've got the, the move of God growing in your life and the purpose-driven life, but at the same time you've got worries about, you know, life and what I'm going to eat and drink and wear, worries about the future, worries about money, worries about relationships. And instead of trusting God, you embrace the worries and you, you, you lean to your own reasoning and understanding and you're trying to solve the problems your way without inquiring of the Lord for each decision. And these worries and then the, the, the pursuit, the chasing money instead of chasing God. If you're chasing money, your back is turned to God. Even though you say you trust God, if you're chasing money and that's your, your everyday passion and pursuit, it's all about getting ahead, getting money. Even if you say, well, I'm doing it for a good reason. You know, my, my children need food and I need to get ahead. But if that is what you're really after, it can be very deceitful to you. Thinking that that's your road to success. Thinking that will make you great. Thinking that will give you security. And it's all a trap. The Bible says people who love money, which is unreliable, will fall into a trap and pierce themselves with many sorrows. You understand, you can sabotage your own destiny all with a good and sincere heart. No question about the heart, but you can pierce yourself. Self-inflicted destruction can come upon you even though you have a, a good intention if you're chasing the wrong thing. Pursuit for pleasures. You want to just feel good. Oh, I just need to relax. I just need to unwind. I deserve. I deserve a good time. I've been working hard. I deserve some, some pleasure for the moment. And sexual, 
People go for erotic and, 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 and maybe feel good, maybe drugs, maybe a, uh, you know, some, some, some drinking spree, something to just take the stress off. And you just feel like, oh, I'm entitled to a little bit of relief. And you start going after pleasures that the world offers instead of chasing after God and looking for the lasting joy, pleasures that are at His right hand forevermore. It's deceitful. It's a trap. And that is Satan's tactic so that the Word of God will not bear, excuse me, fruit in your life. Um, sorry, excuse me a moment. That was good. Oh, that's good. Wow. The Word of God will bear fruit in your life. Success. Mm. Mm, that was good. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. Do you know what this This is a fruit cocktail. Do you know what different fruits are inside the fruit cocktail? Pineapple. You got papaya. Some cherries in here somewhere. Did someone take all my cherries out? Oh, there's one. The cherries, that's a special treat. But a fruit cocktail is, is a var variety of different fruits. Now, this is, what, this is physically what God desires our lives to be. He, he desires our life to be fruitful. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23 says that the fruit of the Spirit is. Now listen. He did not say the fruits, plural, of the Spirit are. It says the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is. Would you read it together with me? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And wouldn't it be great if you had these things coming out of your lives? It's God's desire that our lives be like a bowl. Our life is like the bowl to contain the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And not only to contain the fruit, but our lives are to be a serving dish of the Holy Spirit's fruit. You catch that? Not only are we to contain, we're to serve. That's why the mission statement of this church is honor God and deliver His benefits. You've got to contain the benefits and be a carrier of the benefits of the Lord, but you're also a delivery person because it's not just about you. So the verse that really struck me this week was Colossians 1.27. The secret is this, Christ in you the hope of glory. Would you say that together with me? The secret is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Pakisabi sa katabimo, Christ in you. Christ in you. Now, here's, here's this. Let, let me take you through the outline. Jesus is blank. What does that say? Jesus is hungry for spiritual fruit from my life. Now, you may be hungry right now especially after I showed you my fruit cocktail. And we are supposed to be hungry for the Lord, right? He's the bread of life, the water. He's the manna, true meat, true food. We are supposed to hunger and thirst for righteousness. 
But I'm here to tell you that in this dynamic relationship with Jesus, He is also hungry for you. Just like you're supposed to be hungry for Him, He's hungry to taste of the fruit coming out of your life. God loves fruit cocktail from you. He loves the fruit of the Spirit coming out of you. In fact, as I said, Colossians 1.27, this is really the secret. Christ in you. And Christ's character. The second point is that spiritual fruit, the spiritual fruit is this. It's expressions of Christ's character in my life. So, Aimee, if I see you very joyful today, I say, Christ is in her. Look at that joy coming out of her. That's an expression of the character of Christ. If I see Babette here very patient, just patiently, and you know, that's, that doesn't come natural. Patience is something that's very counter-natural, correct? But if I see Babette just so patient, you know, maybe the children are, you know, or people are you know, doing wrong to her, and she's just so patient, I'd say, that is an expression of Christ in you, your hope of glory, your hope of success, your hope of fruitfulness. Listen, the only way you'll be fruitful is that Christ be in you. Did you hear that? Oh, that's so, that's so important. The only way that you can really bear fruit is that you receive Jesus Christ and He lives in you and expresses Himself in you. So it's Christ in you, the hope for success, the hope for glory, the hope for fruitfulness. Okay, Our lives are containing and serving that fruit. Point number one is this. I cannot bear fruit or I cannot produce fruit by myself. You need to know this. You cannot manufacture gentleness. You cannot... On your own strength, with your own willpower, you cannot produce self-control. You cannot just say, today I'm going to go to the market and buy five kilos of joy. You cannot, man, you, you cannot get this by yourself. You cannot produce fruit alone. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, those who remain, okay, he didn't say those who visit me once a week on a Sunday, he said those who remain in me and I in them will bear much fruit, almost this much, mmm, mmm, man I like fruit. And then the last part of John 15:5 he says you can do no thing without me. You cannot bear fruit. 1 Corinthians 3:6-7 it's God, uh, you know, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God made the seed grow. It's God that's going to do it. It's going to do it when you remain in Christ. I will produce good fruit as long as I keep a good heart. I'll produce good fruit if I keep a good heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else because, listen, it determines the course of your life. 
From the heart will flow all issues of life. Your relationships, your finances, your, your, your emotions, your decisions. From the heart, that will be the command central of your life. Everything will flow out of the heart. So the Bible says, guard your heart. I've been teaching this series about the soils, which is our heart. Is it too hard? Is it too shallow? Is it too competitive, competing with God, crowded? Thorny heart, rocky heart, hard heart, and a good heart. I want to talk today about a good heart. Because fruit will naturally come out if my heart is good. The tree doesn't struggle. The tree is not trying hard to make a mango. The tree doesn't forget the recipe, how to produce papaya. Do you understand? The tree is not struggling. It's very natural. Once the tree is planted in good soil fruit will be very natural. So I'm telling you, love, joy, peace, patience, all of this fruit of the Spirit. You might think, well, that's going to be hard. I might have to work a long time to become a better Christian. I might have to try really hard to be more gentle. You won't have to try hard. Guard your heart. Fruit will just come out. Fruit will be natural. Every Christian will produce fruit. Sometime, somewhere, somehow, you will produce fruit. Okay? Now, not all Christians will be fruitful all the time. Because at any given time, you can be any of the four soils. Maybe today you're hard soil. The next week you'll be good soil. Maybe last week you were very thorny soil. Lots of worldliness in your week. Maybe, maybe you got a rocky soil. But if you will guard your heart, you can get a consistency of keeping a good heart, good soil, and you will have a momentum of fruitfulness coming out of your lifestyle and in your relationships. Speaking of fruitfulness. Number two. If number one was, I cannot produce fruit by myself, okay? I need Christ. Everybody say, I need Christ. Say, God makes me grow. Say, God produces the fruit in me. Christ in me. My hope of glory. My hope of success is Christ in me. Are you catching it? All right. How many of you received Christ Jesus already in your heart? Well, you got the seed. You got the ultimate seed. The Word. The Word in you. Just keep a good heart. Just guard your heart. Put your hand on your heart right now. Say, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to be serious. I'm going to make commitments. And keep my commitments. I'm going to keep my heart free and clear from bondages and worldliness. I'm going to seek God and His kingdom and be exclusively His. And I will bear fruit for God's glory. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Number two, I cannot produce fruit for myself. Listen, a tree never eats its own fruit. Have you ever seen a tree consume its own fruit? No. Who gets the fruit off the tree? Someone else. Not the tree. The tree's not the beneficiary. 
And listen, you cannot produce fruit for yourself. You're going to need another tree for you. But the fruit that comes off of you, the fruit that comes out of your life, is for others to partake of. Are you hearing me? I want to counter the devil's trap that we be self-focused. Fruitfulness, from me being fruitful, is not just for me. Okay, speaking of me. Hmm. No, just wanted to. I can't resist. The purpose of fruitfulness out of my life, the fruit, the purpose of love, joy, peace, self-control, so that you can have a bite of Christ as a result of me bearing fruit. It's not for me. The purpose. I don't say, well, wow, I'm, I'm fruitful now. I've got the love and joy and peace and patience. And so, wow, isn't that great? I just love me so much now. I sing to me a song of love. I praise me. I worship me. I enjoy me. It's the love that comes out, that fruit, that's not for me. That's for you. So that you might benefit from the love of Christ that came off of my tree. Imagine if I was a tree. Love. Joy. Peace. You know, pick it. Come on, pick it. Pick it. You, you need the patience of Christ? Here, I'll be patient with you. Boom, pick it. And you benefit from my patience. Would you like me to be patient with you? Would you like me to be joyful around you? Or would you like me to be grumpy and depressed and angry? Would you like me to have self-control around you? Or would you like me just to start kicking and throwing things? Do you understand? It, it's going to benefit others, not you. When your life is fruitful, people will be drawn to you. People will pick from you. People will partake of that good fruit out of your life. And you know what? They're going to strip you of your time. <laughs> They're going to take up your, your, your money probably. They might borrow money from you from you if you're very fruitful and successful. Anybody ever loaned money to someone in need? Uh, you know, if you're fruitful, let's say you've got a lot of money, you may be people's first stop. They'll come to you, borrow money. If you are a joyful person, people who are depressed might come pick off of you. They might strip your whole day of all the joy you had that day. They might come and test your patience. They might come and just drain you of all your patience. If you're fruitful, you will be magnetic. People like to go to... How many of you go and like to look for fruit on a, a tree that has no fruit? You know? Of course not. But when you see a fruitful tree, Liba... You say, wow, man, that's my jackpot. I'm going to get a lot of fruit from that guy. And they come probably with a selfish intention to strip that tree of everything they can possibly get from him. You still want to be fruitful? <laughs> you still interested to be that kind of person? Because people will come to you and say, pray for me. Encourage me. Minister to me. Because you're fruitful. Do not be surprised when people come to you and need you, 
and take up your time and take up your energy and take up your resources because you're a fruitful person. Listen, that's not a curse. That's a blessing. Don't be so angry. Don't be so, uh, you know, frustrated because people want something from you. That's good news. People want something from you because you're fruitful. The curse is the other way. Jesus in Mark chapter 14, Jesus came up to a place and he was hungry. The Bible says he was hungry and he saw a fig tree. And in Mark 11 verse 14, there was no fruit on the tree. This was a fig tree. And the Bible says he cursed that tree and he said, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. The curse and a cursed life is that you just don't bear fruit. No one needs you. No one calls you for help. No one comes to you. No one can benefit anything from you. No one can maximize the Christ in you. The real curse, friends, is not that you were abused, you were taken advantage of, you were hurt. That's not a curse. Think of that as the blessing. Jesus said, you're blessed when people persecute you, when people take advantage of you. Do you understand? That's not a blessing. I mean, that's not a curse. That's a blessing. The curse is when no one is getting the best of you. When no one is getting the Christ out of you. When no one is experiencing any fruitfulness from you, that is the curse. May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And you know, if you are hurt because people want something from you, and people need your time, if you're hurt, you know, you just let yourself be picked. Let yourself be harvested to the max. Do you know why? His mercies are new every morning. You won't, you won't be drained for long. Kinubukasan, God will produce another batch of fruit, another crop of fruit from you. His mercies are new every morning, and those who, wait are, oh, those who are waiting on the Lord, they'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. You understand that one of the ways to maintain and increase fruitfulness is to be pickable. Allow yourself to be used. Allow others to benefit from the Christ in you. Do not think of it as a curse that someone is testing your patience. Do not think of it as a, a bad thing that you're having to manifest self-control. That's a good fruit. It's not a bad thing that you're having to be gentle with these people. Hey, that's a good thing. You know, Lolit was telling me something about yung internet cafe. And there was a lot of people there, magulo, magulo yung mga tao doon, and they were testing her patience. They were trying her, her, her patience. And she had to enforce the rules and this and that. And she said, you know, my character's really being tested. My character's really being tested here. I said, you know what? That's great. That's good. Because you have the opportunity to make fruit cocktail. That's your opportunity to bear some fruit and let it be manifested and let it be served to others. When you think that you're being mistreated, abused, and hurt, that's just your opportunity to make fruit cocktail. That's just your opportunity to let the Holy Spirit come out of you in various manifestations. Okay? 
So I want you to know that there's two things that you can't make fruit by yourself and you can't make fruit for yourself. Okay? And the best gift that I can give you is a healthy me. You understand? The, the best gift that I could give you is that I'm fruitful. A fruitful me. A healthy me. That you might partake of something from Christ off of my life. So just think that the fruitfulness is not really just for you. But how about me? Where do I get fruit? I'm hungry for fruit too. Well, that's why we need others. Because you're not going to make fruit for yourself, but neither am I. So I'll make fruit for you. You make fruit, fruit cocktail for me. Deal? So that's the last thing I was going to say, and that's just that I need to surround myself with fruitful people. You see, if you surround yourself with fruitful people, you'll always have a fruit. You'll always be taking fruit cocktail. See? Now, I notice this. When I surround myself with people who are angry and depressed and, and impatient, you know, it just drags me down. But if you surround yourself with the right connections, you'll experience more and more of Christ. Surround yourself with people who are fruitful. Revelations chapter three, uh, 21, uh, 22, verse 3. I want to close with this. It says that the angel showed me a river with the water of life. Clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of Main Street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations, and no longer will there be a curse upon anything. I declare that you have not a cursed life, but you have a blessed life. You do not have a barren life. Hindi ka baog. You are fruitful because the seed in you, the Word of God, is growing and will produce fruit effortlessly in your life as Christ is allowed to be Himself in you. Guard your heart. Keep connected to Christ. And keep the Word of Christ dwelling in you. And you shall bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And it is to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit. It's not by yourself. It's not by your own strength. And it's not for yourself. But let it be used to serve Jesus Christ to the world around you. Okay? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for giving us a seed, the hope, hope of glory. Thank you that Christ be in us today. Salamat po, Panginoon, na your seed is so powerful to produce a continuous growth of consistent fruit in our lives. Lord, I pray that you accelerate the growth in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that this fruit would be ripe and attractive. That people would taste of Christ. And that we would be able to serve this fruit to the world around us. Lord, accelerate that growth. 
purify our hearts from every hidden rocks, every hidden sin, the habits, Lord, anything that crowds and competes with you. Lord, uproot it and establish strong roots of committed obedience in us. We desire you and we desire your fruit cocktail in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, usually in, in our church, we do the Lord's Supper. And Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Na kung saan we take a piece of bread that represents the body of Christ. And we take a cup of wine which represents the blood of Christ. Today, I want us to have a different Lord's Supper. And we would take the fruit cocktail which represents the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Would you like to just serve the fruit cocktail right now? Do this, not in remembrance of me, do this in anticipation of me. Okay? And as you take of the fruit, anticipate the love and the joy and the peace. Anticipate what will come out of your life this week. Anticipate that Christ is in me, my hope of success, my only hope of glory. Amen.